Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. Can I say, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. Dan, how long have we been doing the podcast for? Roughly, ballpark. Eighteen months, done the podcast, been in the studio for four, and I've had a lot of guests. You're talking hundreds of hours worth of content, some of the best comedians in the land, and funny stuff's happened. But just a second ago, I just got confused as to which camera I should be looking in, and Dan has never laughed more <laughs> than that moment there, <laughs> you know, which is disrespectful because we've had the finest comedy minds in, and all it took was for me to realise that after 18 months, I've been looking on the wrong camera the whole time. It's because you went, Dan, what camera am I looking at? And there's literally only <laughs> one camera pointed at your face. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look. But that's you, that's you. That's just, and I make no apologies for it. <laughs> that's just I'm the way you are. At the yeah. end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, um, I'm joined by Aaron Butler. Hello, good to be here. Thanks for having me, as this always. This is the most normal you've been dressed. Very It's tame. like you're trying to do an impression of a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not working. The, uh, yeah, I'm just, it's the feeler today, so don't want to disrespect any of the events happening left the house didn't want to be too loud and you're because i live beside where the field is happening so i just went let, let mick conlon have his moment let him enjoy the day because his day today and i hope he wins will you be will you be there tonight i'm in kessel derg with patty mcdonald tonight doing support <laughs> <laughs> and the then. biggest cultural celebration <laughs> dan you want me to do sp- uh, reads yeah dan wants me to do some reads so you do reads and we'll let's come back to that first. let's park let's that let's do first sorry Cool. Sorry, let's do some reads. Read it out. Let me kick off Bluetooth. with uh, with <laughs> P-U-N-J-A-N-A. What does that give you? Punjana. What is Punjana? Number one selling tea in Northern Ireland. Thompson family have been making tea since the 1800s. You know, a lot of people at that time were concerned about medieval battles. But the Thompson family were just working on tea. In between dodging arrows being shot from a Fort Cullis. The Thompson family were like, how do we get nice tea to the people of Northern Ireland? And they travel all around the world to bring us the best tea there is. Because here's the thing, if I was setting up a tea company, it would be from like handy places. Like if I was setting up a tea company, I would be bringing you tea from places like Lurgan, Dungannon. I wouldn't be, I don't even know if there is tea fields there, but I wouldn't be willing to travel to places like India where the Thompson family go a place like that to bring you the best tea in the world. The Thompson family taste all of their tea with their own mouths. Mouths, mouths, you decide. It's the number one selling tea in Northern Ireland. Look, you know there's a lot of brands out there, but you know that a lot of them are evil. Every other brand, basically. But Punjana is just a good cup of tea. We're drinking on the podcast. We're fueled by it. And uh, and you just got to go out there and get it. I wish I had a discount code or something, but I we asked Panjana, we asked the, the Thompsons, do you want us to do a discount code? Can people buy tea online? Is it weird to buy tea online? And they went, nah, just tell people about it. So we've told people about it and you know what to do. Go out there, drink Panjana, get Panjana tattooed on you, on your forehead, on your back, on your thigh, whatever it is. The first person to get uh, Panjana tattooed on themselves uh, gets a, gets to sit in on the podcast for for one week would that work someone will do that some no. lunatic will do that no. someone will just be sitting in that chair with Punjana like Mike Tyson tattooed oh, yeah. tribally around their face and it'll be Paddy McDonald. Punjana T 
tastes good in your mouth. Oh. Also, we are sponsored by Manscaped. Let's go from the mouth down south. Manscaped are the number one in men's below the belt grooming. And you guys know as well as I do, everything above the belt, bit Presbyterian, a little bit safe, a little bit beige, everything below the belt, rude, raunchy, <laughs> satanic. I don't know. But what I do know is that, look, if you're overgrown down there and listen, as much as I am a big Manscaped advocate, and user of the product, I could do with I could do with practicing what I preach right now. Oh, I've let you know when you just leave it like slightly too long, <laughs> and then you get a bit scared. You're like, oh, it's a little bit like say you know your grass. Say during the summer you're cutting your grass all the time, and it looks good, mm. and you're you're actually cutting sometimes too much. You're like a couple of times a week, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it, it stays a great length. Do you ever get it where the grass grows like slightly too long, and you go, that's ah, okay, isn't it? I mean, that that looks fine. But then what about when it's really long and you're like, I might need a strimmer first mm-hmm. and then to cut the grass? I'm nearly at that point. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is after this podcast, I'm going to take the lawnmower 4.0. Speaking of lawnmowers, and I'm going to sort myself out. This has wireless charging. You know there was a lawnmower 1.0. You know there's a lawnmower 2.0, 3.0. Manscaped said you're never going to guess what's coming next. Everybody went 4.0 and Manscaped were raging because <laughs> you're like, well, yeah, but you kind of ruined it now. <laughs> But look at this product, right? Now, it's below the belt. You could use it anywhere below the belt. Whoa. I just did that. Um, they, they, in their performance package, they have things like ball cleanser, ball deodorant, ball wipes. If people are out and about again, if you're going to things, if you're maybe taking a little bit of a break to, I don't know, Cancun, if you're taking a break to Blackpool, what you need to do is get the performance package. You just go tea with me for 20% off and free shipping, and you can take this anywhere, and it's, it's really good. Manscaped.com. Tea with me, 20% off free shipping. Finally, let me just plug Patreon. Patreon.com slash Tea with me podcast. We'll do a bonus episode every Monday, and that could be anything. It could be a traditional studio episode. It could be me on my way to a gig or on my way home from a gig. Mm-hmm. You've done one, Aaron. Good but fun. we just talk. We do a post, post-match analysis <laughs> yeah. of, how, of how the gig went. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it wasn't. Uh, and we're brutally honest about that, and they're good fun. Or sometimes... I take the baby for a walk. I put the I put a Britney Spears microphone on. I don't. It's Bluetooth headphones, <laughs> and uh, and I just walk about country roads talking to myself. Uh, so like that's uh, Patreon.com/slash Tea With Me Podcast. Pay a couple of quid, get great bonus content, and that's what it is. Now, now, let's get into it. Sure. My guest is Aaron Butler. Do you have a middle name? Mitchell. <laughs> I swear to God, I do. I don't even have my ID on me. Hold on, if I can find a photo of my Aaron ID, I'll Mitchell show you. Butler sounds like a law firm that I would not want to represent. Me. Genuinely, if I can find a document Mitchell? on my Dropbox, yeah. Um, your, your mum like your mum dad like these standards. I don't know what the the concept behind Mitchell was. No, they didn't even because I well, think Mitchell it, can be a first name as well. Right? Yeah, the uh, Aaron but, Mitchell Butler. Yeah, that Aaron is. Mitchell Butler sounds like the sassiest choreographer in town. <laughs> <laughs> in West End, the uh, I can't find. Okay, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you've gone into that. You've you, sorry. I you. So my, you, you know what my middle name is? No, Stuart, but it's spelled Stewart. Hate that. Mm. Hate that. Uh, I want to lose it. Like yeah, do just what do you do? Do you have to go to court or something and just legally drop? I mean, it? I don't. I don't think you go to court. I think you maybe just fill in like a thing. I don't a think form. you go to court. <laughs> like, 
packed courthouse in a jury <laughs> and announce it. <laughs> you could give your evidence, and weirdly, there's a prosecution. And you have the, the defence. Yeah, you go to jail for it. Aaron Mitchell Butler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you, honestly, that's a, that's a better stage name than Aaron Butler. Aaron Mitchell, Mitchell Butler. Butler. I start using it now. Yeah, because yeah. Aaron Mitchell Butler sounds like. You might do stand up, you might do interpretive dance. <laughs> I or do it all might of it. be like a, a you know, stop smoking lecture from Aaron <laughs> Mitchell Butler. Yeah, I tell internet safety to kids in schools. Yeah. Not well. Well you would not be the person that the, the, well the the we were I'm gigging with Patty McDonald at the minute on his tour and he's just saying stuff. Hey, tell me more. And yeah, he's just saying it's very different vibe than gigging with you on your tour. He just says stuff and most like ninety percent of his stories start with I have a mate, right? And <laughs> the rest of the story just goes into utter chaos. And by the way, you know when he says, I've got a mate, it's what he him. means is, this is this happened to me. <laughs> it's all him. But he said one line out of the blue last night, and I had to stop and just go, that's that's shite, Paddy. I had to literally just, he goes, he's in Bag of William's car. He goes, seven out of ten people are pedophiles. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and there was utter silence. And I just thought and went, no. I was like, that's not true. And Five of you in a car looking at each other doing maths. Well, that's why I was like, I was like, so statistically, me or William is a pedophile right now, is that what you're saying? And I was like, so you're saying 70% of the world's population is a pedophile? And he goes, aw. And I was like, no, Paddy, that's not true. He's like, look it up. Seven out of ten, ten people, people are pedophiles. I mean... Statistics of Paddy McDonald. I was like, it's just not, it just can't be real. And he'll like... He, that, uh, proper conviction in what he says like believes it to the nth degree but that's seven, patty for you seven out of ten people get very different treatment with patty as well compared to like yourself or whatever we went to the the elk last night and yeah. as you know when we go to the elk they oh my backstage vibe is a lot of you know a lot of potpourri a lot of buffets sure Chaise long sure. grapes it's, it's just yeah we get we get Enya. the works <laughs> yeah then we get when we went there last time, they gave us menus on the way in. They put us in a beautiful room. They like, guys, just come down whenever you feel like blah, blah, blah. We show up at party. They're just like, all right, go out the backer. There's <laughs> no, not even a glass of water. Like, I was just sitting there going, mm, this isn't as cool now. People panic when I come in as if I'm, uh, you know, like an undercover shopper. <laughs> Yeah, like if you knew there was an undercover shopper, you'd be running about, being like, "Here, this is the best trolley." You know? Yeah, yeah. People like run in. They're like, "Oh, the Weebon has dietary requirements." Yeah, they People do. Like, There's always someone running about sweating at my gigs that works there. <laughs> yeah. That like, and I'm really overworking them. Yeah, and the whole week leading up to you arriving, they're like, "Shane's coming tomorrow." Yeah, I'm the only guy who gets a Coke Zero with his meal and demands they just pour a bit in so I can taste it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. seven out. Of, he's talking about seven out of ten people's pedophile at seven out of ten gigs I, i'll spit in a member of staff's face if something's substandard even just a little bit like That's, you've seen it yeah. i fly off the handle easily like. justifiably though yeah you know yeah, they yeah. deserve it yeah we deserve the utmost of treatment when we go to yeah, the top that. of the town in Antrim. <laughs> <laughs> here um i was going to ask you this like what because you know in the podcast we have a lot of fun right? we have a we lot do. of fun and we can talk about what i love about doing the podcast is we can change gear mm -hmm. we can talk about anything um what do you think is the key to happiness oh that's a that's a deep big one like and has your answer to that or your perception of happiness changed over time yes uh, like 
So in my marketing course in uni, we used to study like that whole thing because it was like when you you're want to make people happy. Well, when you're doing marketing, they're like when they're talking about products or services that you're marketing to people, like they're talking about how you can market something to make someone feel like it makes them happy. So you buy it. So for example, yeah. if if Apple make a product that's an iPhone or an iPad and you, they show the advert, you're listening to music, you're walking down the street, you're happy. You see that and you go, you associate that with happiness. So it was called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, which is like this table that was constructed like years ago. It's like a pyramid. At the top, it's it's like stuff like love and at the bottom you have stuff like food stuff that you actually need to survive food shelter and then it starts getting up to more personal stuff like you know your own goals and self-esteem and blah 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 so i think it's just a whole mix of thing things like that but in terms of like what's changed i think maybe when i was younger maybe what made me happy was i don't know like it's so hard to answer what about you? What, what like? As in the differences between what used to make me happy and what yeah. makes me happy now? Well, like, do you know what? What used to make you happy was simpler, wasn't it? Like, when you were 14, getting a chippy made you happy? I think almost the opposite. I think I would have um, wanted everything to line up. When you were younger? Old. Yeah, I would have wanted... It would have taken... Not I, I'm, like, pretty happy person, mm. but... When I was younger, I'd be like, if this is if this happens and then that means that happens and then that knocks onto the if all these things happen together, then I'll be happy. Mm. I would need everything in my life to be going right before yes. I was like amazing. Whereas now I will definitely celebrate the smaller victories more. Right. And I'll go, All these other things might be happening, but this thing just happened. Case in point, Yesterday, so we're living with the. I'm living with my in-laws for a while while our house is getting done, mm-hmm. and uh, I order a t-shirt and a hoodie on ASOS. This is happiness for me now, right? So, so that's making me happy that they're arriving. Mm-hmm. We things like that. Like mm-hmm. that, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, my uh, my mother-in-law texts me, I think, and says, uh, "What what did you order?" And I was like, "Just t-shirt and hoodie." She's like, "It's the biggest package I've ever seen." That makes me happy because I'm going. They've sent the wrong order, but what's in it? Oh. So I'm buzzing to get home and go through this because I know that they fucked up the order. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, if my original stuff is also in this mm-hmm. and there's extra stuff, mm-hmm. this is the stuff dreams are made of. Because who knows? Maybe it was like some sort of uh, Middle Eastern. It was my order. Ordered. It was my if, order. Uh, I mean, if it was your order. <laughs> I, you know, would have arrived on a draft I'd be like I can't wear this stuff because I'm white you know but um, <laughs> me neither but I, got, but I got back and I looked at this the ASOS package was this by this that's a big one it was it was it was like a, a buffalo the ASOS package <laughs> I tear into it and I'm like if this guy that's ordered this stuff is also like very stylish and a medium you're, you're just gonna roll with it the best yeah now when I opened it all the stuff was pretty shit gear and it was large, but my stuff was in it. But I loved the ah, fact that right. I just had all this stuff, and so I was you, like, I could give this person, this to this person, and maybe I'll drop these into a charity shop. That that just made me really happy. Yeah, that is a good one. So a simple, small thing like that. I, I get Three the bonuses. small things. I, I, the the small things kind of make me happy. Like I'd probably yeah. have a flat line of happiness. Mm. So we unexpe- unexpected things make me very happy. Yeah, and I think for me as well, it's like 
just trying not to let anything trigger like me being sad or angry. Like we all, you know, some, you always get bad news or something. You always get fucked off at it or whatever. And it's like, you sit back and go, right, well, tomorrow I'm still going to wake up and I'm still going to go to work and go about my day because you have to as normal. Yeah. Nothing's going to stop. Like, so like that realization always made me think like, oh, well, nothing's really that massively bad in the scheme of things, you know. When I think you, 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 about... you probably learn acceptance better when you get older. As yes. in, I accept that you've, when you think about it, you've so many spinning plates. Yeah. There are so many family, work, yes. health, all this. Yeah. And it's like, if, if you get them all the line, if you try to get them all to be perfect, it's never going to work You can't get out. anything done. Yeah. So you just have to accept that like, Right, well, that plate's smashed. <laughs> that's smashed. <laughs> that's about to fall. Fuck, that's now smashed. Yeah. But I, I, I explained it to her recently. It's like uh, whack-a-mole. Yeah. You know that game? Yeah. Where you like bang the, all the things down and then another one pops up. Motivational speaker. So it's like... <laughs> the key to happiness. You can't, you can't keep running about smacking that one down because then that one pops up and you yeah. smack that one down and then two come up. You, after a while... You have to just sort of throw the mallet down. And let the moles. You can all the moles are just looking at you and you're like, ah! <laughs> you just have to accept that the moles are going to keep coming up until they actually get, and I think I'm doing okay, but all the moles will eventually come up to the surface and just eat you to death. No, they want you to hit them with the hammer. They come up and they go, mm, you know what I mean? They have the ha- they're holding on at the end. They're like, come on. And you're like, no, you have to stay. There's no, like, I think you just have to get it to a point where everything's all right. Yeah, that's all it is. That's happiness probably. Yeah, but I also think everyone just has that where it's just like, you're just making the best of the situation at the current time. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. all, that's all you can do. Like, the, uh, but, yeah. You know when we were doing Dad Boys? Yeah. We had the expert Alex on. Yes. So I sent her an email one day and she was giving us advice about, the boys' advice about parenting. And I said, look, I produce with these two comedians. It's like having two kids you have to look after. Do you have any advice for me? And she's like, lower your expectations. <laughs> Is this true? Yeah. And if you lower expectations in life, you'll be happier. That, that, that's right, though. That is true, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, very weird that you went to a childcare expert for advice on how to cope with me and Dave. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Wasn't part of the show. It was just like explain the consequences of their actions to them, treat them, you know, reward, reward, good work. Is that why you keep giving me wee milky buttons? Yeah, I do something right. We gold stars in your forehead. The uh, just spent an hour and a half in the naughty step before you arrived. <laughs> yeah, but but you're right. Lowering your, you know, the way people, yeah, people go, uh, well. I think that's right, lower expectations, but then sometimes I don't think it's wrong to be like, you know when someone's like, I bet this terrible thing might happen, you're like, I don't know, it also might not. I think you, you just have to see how everything goes. Just see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Just have a middle ground with it. Don't get too hyped up where you're like, this is going to be so good, because then it'll never live I up to that. I used to do that with stand-up, uh, comedy in general, yeah. and work. Yeah. I used to, me and Dave used to, at the start of every year, write out these goals that we had. And looking back on them, we, we did this like six, seven years ago. I, I've done 1% of the things that six years ago I wanted to do that year. Some of them were ludicrous. And I don't think that's bad to do it. No. But when I didn't hit these like goals, it yeah. was like failure, 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 kind of, all many yeah. failures. So now I'm very much like, I, 
I don't control. There's so much that you can and won't control. Yes. I, I, do you know what's, I think, a good relatable example? If you ever go in for, like, an acting audition and you nail the audition, yeah. like, nail the lines and the thing, but then it just comes down, they're like, ah, you're two inches too short. Yeah. And that's literally all it is. And that, Or sometimes it's like, your hair is just a little bit too brown for the screen. Or that, that's... I think, I think they're just telling me. I think that's... <laughs> I mean, that sounds like... <laughs> It's the same people as well. You're two inches too short. Okay, I can wear built up shoes. Your hair's too brown. Get okay. highlights, yeah. <laughs> whack a mole, whack a mole, whack a mole. The auditions are, are exactly what I was going to relate that to. Yes. I told the story in the podcast a couple of times before. I love Line of Duty. I go in for a Line of Duty audition. This is right. I go especially to get, because I want it so bad, I go to my friend, Marty McCann, who's, in my opinion, like the best actor here and um, he like coaches me and the difference in the start when I was like okay I think and I was in a Birmingham accent so I do it at the start to him and he goes accent's good but you're concentrating more on the accent than the acting you know so we spent about two hours going through it and by the end I was like fuck there is such a big difference in what you've taught me here Mm -hmm. shoot it send it off two days later me and Dave are about to do Boytown we're outside Cafe Nero in Hollywood I get a phone call from my agent, uh, who's based up in Derry, and he goes, uh, "You've you've got." I, I, he phoned me, and I before he said anything, I went, "I've got the part," and I'm saying it as a joke. I'm saying it as a joke though, because again, I, when I, even though I put the work into it, I'm presuming I'm not going to get it. Yeah. So I go, "I got the part," thinking he's phoning me about something else, and he goes, "Actually, yes." I was like, "Oh my god!" He goes, "I'll phone you back and get more details." I go in the Nero, tell Dave. Dave's like, "Mate, that's unbelievable." gives me a hug and I'm like, this is great. Like, this is so good. I get ready to phone my wife and mum and dad and then my agent phones me back and I, again, as I, I go, don't tell me there's been a balls up, has her? Ha ha ha. And he's like, yeah, legitimately, it's the, we, the, the casting director phoned the agent of another actor called Shane because the guy who got it is called Shane and um, he was my agent, not his fault at all, was so apologetic that I thought he was going to cry he's like mate, he's, mate I'm so sorry he's like I can't believe this and I was like it's fine <laughs> and he goes I know you're just saying that I was like no I was like this is funny like this is very funny because yeah. I enjoy my own misfortune at times when like no one's died yes you know what I mean it's the Van like, Morrison story being a key example like, last literally week. this day last week so I ran into Dave and I'm more excited to tell him about what's happened to me then I would have been excited about getting the role. I'm more excited to for this story to come out of like this fucking balls up that happened to me. And I can't control it. Well, what else are we going to do? Like be raging or gutted for weeks about this? I was like, no, it just wasn't to be. Like, I mean, yeah. the only the only addition I, I was legitimately like, you know, a bit aggrieved at was uh, there's a movie from here about stand-up. They filmed it like earlier this year, at the start of this year. And... Uh, Paddy Kitty's in it. And Actually? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about it's that. It's about a stand-up course, right? Right. And uh, it's about comedi- uh, you, p- commun- people in a community that do a course in stand-up comedy and then they put on like a showcase. I was asked to audition for it and I said, <laughs> I, have I told you this? No? Maybe. I said, uh, my agent's like, do you want to, they've asked if you want to, I mean, they asked hundreds of people, but they've asked if you want to go for this. I said, yeah. I said, do you want me to pick one of my clips and we'll send of me doing stand up we'll send it over he goes 
Nah, they're they're looking for you to to like audition, you know, to play a part of a comedian. And I said, well, you know, I I already have the audition tape. Kind of, I've got. What's better than the audition tape? You do you want my audition tape at the waterfront hall, or no, do you want no, my audition tape w- at the? No, it wasn't that I was saying I have this high profile. I was yeah. basically being like, you can see here me doing stand up. Yeah, but you can also see a live audience in it. So you know. It probably shows that I'm. I'd be pretty perfect for this because I am this, mm-hmm. you know. And they were like, "No, they want. They've written a bit of stand-up for the script. They want you to read that to a camera with no one there." And my argument was sort of like, "I know, but that's because of COVID, and mm-hmm. we'd be doing this in the room, so I can show you me doing it in a room." <laughs> At the end of the day, it wasn't that big of back and forth. I was like, "No problem. I'll do it if that's what they want. I'll do it. No problem." And I get the and it says like, "Feel free to improvise." So I make my own interpretation of it. The premise of the bit is, it's like a bit about your dad. You know, it's a, it's a sort of bit I could see myself doing. It wasn't a bad bit of stand-up. And I'm like, you know, going a bit deadpan with it and, and it's fine. And I just didn't get the part. <laughs> so that's the only issue where, although I look at them after reflectively and go, uh, retrospectively and go, you know, by going, you know, no problem, just wasn't meant to be. That's where I was like, I, that that's hectic. Yeah, because I wasn't convincing enough at being me. Yeah, I, I stand up. Yeah, you know it. Uh, yeah, I can understand Again, that. I wasn't one. that annoyed. I was more excited to just get on the podcast and tell the story. <laughs> the um, but yeah, I didn't. Dairy girls, was... I fucked up. I was gonna say, have you ever like did an audition and got close to getting a part yeah. in something? Dairy girls. Dairy girls. What yeah, was the part? So. Um, the part was somebody that was, I don't know if the... if the wasn't the, a recurring character. It was like a one-off I, I part. I don't know. It might have been. But it was a character who... I'm not saying too much detail because someone got that part. But bear in mind, they might have just been telling me. Someone said you were like, it was between you and this other person. And he nah. really didn't get it. But Isn't that always... That might not be true. That's right? always but, what they say though, isn't it? But I didn't... It was my first ever audition in front of a casting director. Proper audition. And they it said about being off book. And yes. I thought that meant you can read off the book. <laughs> so you don't have to, I was like, you don't have to learn it. Oh, I, I scanned it and stuff. No. And I, I was to do like, a, I think it was to do a dairy oh, accent. Fuck. Fine with that. So I just walk in and yeah. they're like, do you want to start? And I was like, yeah. And then I'm like this, close to my face. They were like, what are you doing? You're like, uh, I'm off book, dickheads. Yeah, they, yeah. No, they said, they, I, I did it and I thought it went quite well. And they were like, could you make some eye contact with us? And I was like, well, I'd have to, you know, look at it. And then do you want I, me to do it on book? And then, want... and then at the end, the guy goes, do you want to go to Starbucks across the road? They were so sound. Do you want to go and try and learn it and then come back? Which, oh. like, they didn't even have to do. Oh. And I was like, okay. And then someone explained to me days later what off book meant. Oh. And I went, oh, I was the opposite. Oh. I was on book. And uh, then, like, months later, somebody involved said, if you hadn't known it, you would have got it. But that, that could have just been to make me feel better. But I know sometimes it's sad. I have only there's one audition I remember going horrendous, and I shouldn't have even been at it. It was when I was like tw- twenty three. It was for Soul Plane too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have got that. The uh, the <laughs> what's up, Snoop? The uh, the that's how I deliver my dialogue. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, it was for. I was like twenty three, and uh, I'll give him a shout out here, Kieran Doherty from Stellify Media, fame like a production company guy that we know uh was like aren't i know this guy casting for an advert it's like i don't know any details about it, but it's for a comedian 
He's like, just go down there. He's like, it's a comedy role. He's like, go down there. I get, get you time slot, 11 o'clock, whatever. I was like, cool, yeah. I'm not doing anything else. How long ago? Oh, you were 23. 23. Now, so keep in mind, 23. Like, I looked pretty young at 23. I maybe didn't have as much of a beard, probably clean shaven, like, little, very, very younger looking than. You still had your hymen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still do. <laughs> the uh, the Mars soul, anyway. The, uh, the not for long. Um, the, I don't know what that means, but. I, so I go down to fucking Malone Road or wherever the audition was being held and they hand you like a page on the day yeah. they're like it's an advert for a shopping centre you're playing the role of a husband right right they're playing the role of a husband and your line is yes dear and you just have to repeat the line yes dear over and over again and they're like here's your wife and they bring her into the room <laughs> like a 40 year old lady and I just went <laughs> I was just like, all right, and they filmed the audition, so somewhere out there, this tape exists. Oh, we have to try. And I don't know who. Out. I don't even know what company it was yes. or anything. Yes, dear. Yeah, but and I, you could never. You and me could never call someone dear. I know. I was doing different variations and all. I was like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Oh, no. Yes, dear. I was oh, just so bad. Like, and like I could. I was like, <laughs> no. But you could tell even the camera guy sat on the camera, just standing there going. You're wasting, we're wasting everyone's we're time. We're wasting. Why don't we just tell this kid to go home? Like, he's 23. He, do, he can barely fucking... He barely got here. Like, he's not going to have a wife. So, uh, me and Dave auditioned for uh, Harbad, the one that Mickey got, right? Yes. And it was in the Europa, and you auditioned as a pair. So, if you didn't know someone, you just got paired with a stranger. Oh, that's interesting. But if you knew someone that was wanting to audition for it, you could go in together. So, me and Dave go in for it. <laughs> And uh, it's it's an Alfred Harp, and we're playing two guys that are like, you know, going around Northern Ireland, looking at different things. And uh, but it, we uh, we got into the room, and they said we want you to, you're gonna like run about the Giants Causeway or something with pints of harp. So we said like, oh great, and we're looking for the pints of harp for the audition. And they went, so yeah, just just visualize the the harp. And I looked at Dave and looked at them, and I was like, I know, but can we get like. Are we going to get pints of harp? Do you notice the theme between this and the last story? You take things too literally. Yeah. <laughs> Off book. Like <laughs> pints of harp. It's an ad for harp. We're talking about pints of harp and we're doing it in the Europa where there are multiple bars and I'm sure they serve harp. So unrealistically, I expect to have pints of harp. And the guy goes, just feel it out. Just don't pretend. And I'm just like, act. well, there's a bar there. If we could get those. Anyway, me and Dave do it. And it's all like, you know, and if you're acting trained and stuff, and maybe you have a like, you know, stage background, you, you'd be more comfortable doing this. <laughs> but they're basically saying, pretend you're on a Ferris wheel, pretend you're in a car. Mm. But I can't, because I just really do stand up. It's, it's me and a microphone and nothing's make-believe. Yeah, you can't, like, put yourself in the scenario and just No, I can't go. be comfortable being like, you know... <laughs> Like doing that, like that was pretty good, right? I don't know why I'm. Why is that leg up so high? That's why. I, that's why I didn't get that Citroen ad. You're just driving in a car, all right? It's, it's doing yoga. So, uh, hey man, you wanna you wanna hit the town here? So <laughs> short traffic's pretty bad. Uh, you'd be the worst mime artist ever <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway we you know they're like you know 
you're running away from Finn McCool. You're running down the Giants Causeway. You're like, where these, is he? With these you're, you're like, I know Hordor. Do you want me to get him to come in? <laughs> you're running away with these pints. So me and Dave are pretending to walk about with pints. And me and Dave take a laugh and fit journal because we know we're not going to get it. And it's like you with the shopping center ad. Yeah. We know we're not going to get it. So we know this is a huge waste of everyone's time. I know. But no one's going to stop it. So we're there for like 15 minutes doing all these <laughs> act outs. And Dave and I are gone like in stitches giggling and no one else is laughing so we have these fake pints of harp and all and you know do cheer cheers and then you know you're you're uh you're you know you're running down the whistling all this stuff goes on at the end of the thing the guys are like so guys cheers we'll be in touch and we know they're not going to be in touch at the end right bear in mind they haven't laughed the crew haven't laughed at anything cast and team were from england they haven't laughed at anything me and dave have done as me and dave were walking out the door we like nodded at each other and we went and we walked back up to them and they were getting ready for the next people coming and me and Dave went up to them and went here I'll just give you those <laughs> <laughs> and they hated it they hated it the guy's like yeah yeah just fucking set them there <laughs> they're like oh sorry mate <laughs> I think I spilled a wee bit over there uh, uh, <laughs> pass out to the next actor sanitize that before you hand it to him you're yeah. shame driving but uh, <laughs> So then, so then I got my He was car. like, how's that look? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. And the bumpy road. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the, key to, the key to happiness, I don't know. It's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a creative, like, do you ever watch any of the motivational coaches or anything like that? They're, they're so culty, like. They're Not so, really. I remember. I feel bad for the people that get like, sucked into it like you know the seminars yeah. and stuff and like yeah i remember driving the football once and i hadn't been playing with you i hadn't been playing well and i decided to get some like motivational youtube the rip the audio from youtube motivational videos you know like building music in the background and that's some retired u.s sergeant and he's like you wake up every day yeah knowing that you're gonna you might fail <laughs> but you still wake up you know that sort of thing yeah I like those I put that in Arnold Schwarzenegger gives some speech at a university mm-hmm. about the five ten rules of life or something mm-hmm. I listened to this driving to Donner Park in Newcastle to play a match get there fucking pumped we got beat like 9-0 I was brutal I, yeah I'm pretty sure that's I've did that before as well all that like even like motivation in real life like if you had like you know a teacher or a coach or something like screaming at you and trying to it doesn't really work with me I like just like straight up normal chat Go yes there and sure have don't it. change things that you would normally do in your no. daily life because then it's not but, you and then i wouldn't want to build like a reliance on that level of motivation yeah or like if i didn't have a chance to like listen to some sort of recording or watch some video or have a session with some like motivate motivator like mr motivator mm. uh if i miss that then i'll be panicked enough i i I know I'm, I'm. I think I'm pretty self-motivated. Yeah. Times where I'm not. Yes. But by and large, I'm naturally pretty motivated to like work hard and do well. Well, yeah, you've got like good motivation in terms of like yeah. you, you know what you want for yourself. You've your own goals and stuff like that. Then you also have the family to look after, which is yeah, a motivator yeah. too, and things like that. And yeah. you have your house that you're working on, which is a motivator. And we all have those little things, you know. And I think that's that's a healthy thing yeah. to have. Motivator, and then all, you know, I'm doing all the building work myself, so you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoulders I mean, are coming in well. Foundations are very. Why do you? I think that's just the scam. Foundations, yeah. bricks below the house. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, good boy. one. Just you start at ground level with the bricks. Yeah, 
That's I think that's probably the best way to do it. Save money. Yeah. You know, save save resource. The house will be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing timber timber frame, all timber really. All timber Just frame. Just all wood. That's good. Yeah. I would love it if a property developer for some sort of reality TV show paid me and you to build a house oh, and we had a week to do it and a family of five were going to oh, move in. Oh, no. No experience. We're not allowed to bring anyone else in. We just have like a yard of supplies and me and you have to build them a house. We, here's what would happen. We would just go, we would go buy one of those fucking bouncy castles or something and just blow it up. No one of those house bouncy we'll castles. cement around it. Yeah, yeah and yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be something we would do. The only DIY we've ever done was in your office in... Oh my God. <laughs> In, the, in old the, the old boy town office in Hollywood, me and you at the start of one of the years just decided to take a notion and do some DIY. Right, let me set this up. <laughs> we used to have the boy, the first ever boy town studio that me and Dave had was also in Hollywood. Yeah, and we've had three offices. So we started in this one, and it was you were never you were in it once or twice. The first couple of episodes of first episodes of this were, were in there. I forgot about that, and you can tell that like. It's a bed, rough and ready. It was it was rough. It was a you had the it was on, you go up a fire escape round the back of a restaurant and cross the roof of the restaurant. You yeah. walk across the roof. Didn't feel legal. It well. <laughs> anyway, it was it was bad, but like we we loved it at the time. Yeah, we it had, had somewhere to go. Like it had charm. It was yeah, like it yeah. was its own thing. Like yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, it had charm, but also I would never have been in it alone. <laughs> Looking for anyone to also come on, yeah. come on around the studio, man. We'll do a podcast, just yeah. random people on the street. <laughs> Sit there while I work because I'm scared for my life. But uh, but there was like a lot. You could have you could have done a lot. We did do a lot. Like we put opening windows in it because the windows were just a window. Put opening windows in. We carpeted it out. We kept it as tidy. We did, we did wee bits and pieces. But then yeah, it was like the start of a year and probably that motivating thing where you're like, look. Let's go into this year and do it right. <laughs> and I said, I want to I wanna just do some improvements to it. So I got my best man for the job. Me yeah. and the bot man took ourselves to, I don't think it was Ikea, it was like B&Q. B&Q. We went to B&Q and spent about 38 quid on things. To do up a whole office that was totally in tatters. And me and you went there, me and you showed up in a pair of shorts and a couple of string vests. <laughs> and it was like in Zoolander when he goes down the, the mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you were not cut out for it. We we had all the gear, no idea, as people would say, and we went in with like hammers, all this, all the wrong equipment. Yeah. And the main thing I remember doing is getting, uh, you know, that foam that expands. This is what I remember. So you plug up a gap uh, by putting a little bit of foam. It opens out, and you plug like gap. Yeah. I remember being so into that and getting really carried away. Yes. And there was a there was a pipe. There was like a plastic pipe, and then. It was like a circular <laughs> tube and there was a square cut out around it and there was a few inches in all these gaps and like you probably should have put like something else around it and I was like yeah, you can use this foam yeah put a bit of plastic I was like this foam's a great job you can do anything with it so I poured loads of it into this hole and I was like I think that's actually that's done a great job and that's boarded up walk back in like two hours later and it was like something from a mid-90s horror film where things keep spawning <laughs> it, it just expanded expanded and then it just like it took up the whole room well not really but it was big like yeah and the best thing is you got so like trigger happy of the foam you were just like doing we random bits and places oh, it was like a like you were just like <laughs> But we like, did no improve. We technically did. Probably but we made it worse. Yeah, I built one table and it wasn't never straight. That's right. Uh, but it was. It was. I was proud of it. Like, but yeah, that was our one bit of day, and we did it for about 
40 minutes and went home. Oh no, I think we went and got a really nice lunch. I think we're like, we'll be here for four hours. You're like, bear, bear not, yeah, we want to pace ourselves here. We don't yeah, want to do too much work at once. Oh man, <laughs> I think uh, I'm resigned to never being a real DIY guy. Our generation, Get aren't. Um, to do it, unless you're a tradesperson, not like back. My dad like knows how to do everything, and like his generation would. Yeah, but that's YouTube's because good for some stuff. It's not bad, but it's like. My dad would be like, oh, you don't know anything. Well, it's like, yeah, but you grew up without internet and YouTube and... Yeah, like, Uber d- Eats, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your generation had to, like, walk to a cafe and that's what it is. Yeah, well, if I had all the time the world and board as fuck and there was only four TV channels, I'd have probably fucking put a few nails in the wall. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hard roast of your dad. <laughs> but it's just like, he just fucking... He thinks I'm useless. Well, I am, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. A whack-a-mole popped up there. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't some use My wee thing ma- won't stretch on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our generation, don't know, it's like there's some good about it. I think our generation, but every generation probably thinks this, are like in the middle of our parents' generation of like work hard, do everything yourself, DIY, practical. And then the young generation now of like TikTok and mm-hmm. you know weird fashion and internet code and all that sort not of living stuff living in real life I feel like we're the normalists because we're in the middle we have a wee bit of that we're we a bit of a hybrid of well we were the last generation that grew up without the internet yeah because you re- you obviously remember being a kid not having the internet and this is the, like yeah, yeah. you know what I mean so like I think maybe when I was about 13, 14, you start getting like dial up and stuff but it was like yeah. before the internet you never once were like oh I need the internet but now that you have it you're like I couldn't be with Yeah, you. your phone, you're like, oh, how can I not be on Instagram? You know what I mean? But like back yeah. in 1995, no one was like, oh. I remember the first time I really got on the internet, I was worried at some point it would be taken away, the internet in general. I was like, this might not stick around. You thought it was too good to, to be... I thought <laughs> like the Mr. Internet might just go <laughs> pull this. Jeez. So I remember going on to the WWF at the time, WWE wrestling website oh i did that printing out the biography of every single wrestler and putting it into a ring binder just so if i ever needed to pull up that information i could if i ever needed to know how much al snow weighed i could look it up or if i needed to know where the wrestler the godfather was originally from i could just thumb it out and and find out you tried to print the entire internet which is such a you thing crazy with printing yeah i'm sure your dad just had to constantly keep buying ink yeah and then you phone me like (laughs) People don't know that. <laughs> if you're on dial-up and you phone someone, oh, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't be on both at once. And that's your mom, crazy. That was mad, wasn't it? Like when you th- when you think back, like your mom was like, "Get off that! I need to phone your aunt Tracy." But do you think it'll go the other way? Where like, because everything's so fake now, almost in a way, the fact that everything's online, virtual reality, we're you know just getting away from like real life. Do you think it might just ever go the other way? What were we just strip back and just get back yeah. to it? Nope. Maybe that no. You don't think that'll happen over lockdown? I think it go. Mm. People going out in nature more. People connecting more. Well, I think there's a wee bit of that, but I think as more children generations get older and stuff like that, you'll get this reliance and dependency even more so on technology. But I have, I have an overwhelming feeling of like powerlessness and mm-hmm. like desperation at that where I'm like. Like we like let's you, not let that happen. Yeah, yeah, but you can't but How, like you can't stop it. It's like a snowball that's just going downhill constantly. Like the next stage is just gonna be virtual virtual, virtual realities and like 
augmented reality and things you're seeing like you'll go into a shop and stuff will the prices will pop up out of the holograms and so it'll be just would you be wearing glasses for it uh first i, I mean i don't know what way it'll develop but i, I have no idea like what do you know. mean you go into a shop and you see the price you can do that now yeah but it's not on a t- it's like a virtual tag or something like that or you'll have advertise like window screens what if you go into a room that's empty but when you put these goggles on that's what it'll be You'll be able to shop like that. You'll be able to, to fucking. Do you think you would go over and like? What? Try grab the t-shirt. Try it on, just, do you, Would you think you just like do like a thing to it? Well, that's the other thing. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, I, do you know what I think? You, or you just think I would we'll, like? Will that. we even be talking to each other, or will we just look at each other? Like, do you know what I think would still be a nice touch? A wee virtual reality trolley. You have to put a wee virtual pound into. <laughs> I think that would be a nice touch to keep, you just don't keep stuff you. like that. Yeah, you want to ask. I, want, I don't want to let go of the past. The way it used to be, but in new I, age. I think I'm having that feeling, like, I don't want to let go of the past. That's how you know you're getting older. You think so? Oh, I think it's a sign of it, yeah. Where you start looking back, going, ah, oh, remember back in blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's even, right. when, even when you notice right. people, like, I always notice this with people when a new app comes along. Like for, It's like the dad thing where it's like TikTok comes along and a bunch of boys go... I don't know fucking TikTok shots for kids and all, but then what you don't realize is the app is literally passing you by and you're missing the opportunity to get on it and do something. You know what I mean? Even though it might feel like, oh, it's a bit of a young person saying too old for that now, blah, blah, blah. It's just another fucking thing. Like It's like, it's like the internet in early days, but it's a different yeah. form of it, you know? I think I'm close to just being where I'm at. Yeah. And letting, like, I think after a while, you have to stop fighting the, the tide. Right. And the waves, and you have to just lie down on the beach and let it cover you. Oh, and then, after a while, that, this is not like life. I'm talking about technology and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you try, like, you know, you're, you're on some Instagram, you know, yeah, you're using this and yeah. TikTok. But I think whatever comes after TikTok, you're done. You're I checked won't be able out. To do it. That's what I mean. I'll have to just lie down on the seabed and let the water come over me. But I think when you let the water come over you, mm-hmm. by the way, if this was isolated as a clip, this could be taken so badly. <laughs> I think eventually when you let the water just come over you, you just feel like it'll feel really calm. See, I think it'll feel Sounds calm. like you're drowning and Butler's surfing the wave. I'm, I'm surfing the wave. He's surfing. He's up there. He's a 78-year-old surfer. Cowabunga. <laughs> but what I'm saying is he'll look weird eventually up on that surfboard. I mean, you say eventually. Because all your mates will be down like me in the seabed. Dead. Just lying there like dead jellyfish. And I'm surfing with a bunch of young lads. Here, see what I've seen. <laughs> see what I've seen Donegal. Yeah. There's uh, jellyfish all over. And I heard someone in the bar saying, oh, if it stings you, it's just like a nettle sting or a bee sting. I thought mm. if it stung you, you'd near die. Like. No, you don't near die. Nah, there's lots of different ones. But in general, you ever stung by jellyfish? Yeah, yeah, loads of times. Generous, just like nettle sting or Oh, you're hard. <laughs> you, it sounds like you're actively going out to just try and get Yeah, he's, he's standing in them and all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting on the beach with two jellyfish and other food. Uh, I think, I think if, see if I hadn't have found that out, say I went for like a swim by myself, like when the baby was down to bed, if I was like, because the beach was just there, oh, for a wee nighttime swim. If I was by myself, and didn't hear that, that it was just like a nettle thing, and got stung by a jellyfish, I probably would have died of panic in the water. I would never have made it out of the water. <laughs> yeah. I'd have just, I'd have just had the real, like we've said about lying on the seabed, I would have done that in real life. But like, there's no point in me fighting this. And I would have just been washed up. Isn't it true? You just piss on it to get the sting to go away, don't you? No. Yeah. 
that's the theory is that it's like alkaline and acid and it just neutralizes it so someone pisses on your leg it gets a sting out of it br kelly was just pounding <laughs> jellyfish stung your face again no it didn't yeah. shut up yeah. <laughs> it's landlocked around here bro <laughs> you're like no we're in atlanta there's no this has a fish tank full of jellyfish. Do you want to see it? Get your face right up, dude. <laughs> Why did it sting you on top of the head? Have you not wearing a hat? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh but. Is there any deep life questions you want to throw out or you want to, you want to explore? Because um, we're under the current at the minute and it's nice, it's nice under here. What? When you're... When you're 65, yep. what do you think it is you'll look back on and just reminisce about or what'll be like a memory or what'll be like a, a nostalgic thing you'll just sit back and you'll be just proud of or you'll have some a feeling come over you? Mm. I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, like I'll start it off. Uh, I have like really fond memories of uh, performing in the Grand Opera House and I think just looking back on it at the time, I might not have, like I enjoyed it at the time, but as I get older... I can appreciate it so much more because the opera house has like real history to it and like shows are, it's been around for it's such a yeah. such an yeah, establishment yeah. to be able to say you, you did like a show and stuff like that. Did you go there as a kid? Yeah. With your school, you go see a panto or whatever. Yeah. And at the time people were like to me, they were like, like, take this and appreciate it. I don't think it did as much as I should have because I was sort of just like having fun or whatever. But the uh but yeah, looking back whenever you just look out yeah. into the the audience it's like wow this is this is a special feeling you know i think i appreciate everything but probably don't spend a lot of time comprehending the scale of it if Mm. that makes sense yeah because you're in it like i get it and i'm in it but then sometimes i feel like i don't really have time and i've got to think of the next thing Mm -hmm. not at a like my mind doesn't work too fast (laughs) certainly doesn't it's not like turbo mind where i'm like you know like kanye west like already thinking like 10 projects ahead yeah but if i do like the waterfront or whatever i'm thinking about "Mm, what's next year what can i learn from it? what's next year show but it's very rare i would take a step back and go Mm. i can't believe i did that yeah like that happened i think the thing i would probably look back on and be really proud and and happy about is the fact that there was a, a a a large amount of people that supported me doing the thing I love doing the most. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's... That there was people that, like... Invested. Have come to more than one show. Yeah. People that come to all the shows. And you're like... It's like... Like having... It's like having fans. It's like... Yeah. It's it's something that had enough of an impact. Yeah. I think you gotta... Like, as we get older too, you realise how more valuable time is. Oh, And like... so, So to then think... Oh, someone has taken loads of time out of their time to see me and do money. what I you know what I mean and money yeah. like I think but even not, the money's not even the big one like it's the time because yeah. like someone has literally booked a babysitter went out for a drink spent four hours of the night just dedicated to going to see your show that's a night they could have did something else they could have yeah. sat in the house they could have saved money or whatever but yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's a it's a good I don't think I spend a lot of time thinking about that in a scale way mm. or 
but you're on the journey too still like when you think like they always say that it's like it is about like the journey is the part of it that you don't really take time to reflect on but like when you eventually settle down with it you'll you'll remember the little times like when we met at nando's at five o'clock one day and flipping couldn't get a table or when we went to this venue that had like you'll always remember those little quirky things that happened you know oh, what I mean? yeah yeah i think those will always come flooding back whenever things eventually and i think that when you do take it all in in a certain way and if you do overthink it and think that can be the time that you almost get a bit stale at the thing yeah you know if you definitely if you i think if you spend a lot of time longing for like the the, the time where it was at its best or something mm. i don't know I'm, I'm very like i just love doing it so much that i don't really stop too often because i i, I don't want the whole i don't want it to slow down or something if that makes sense yeah i get that what do you think in like 10 do you know i, I would love to just be able to have like a fly i would love to flash forward to 10 years time i would not not like i don't i don't mean like i, I mean like just just a peak just, just a peak just i wouldn't say i wouldn't peak. i want and here's what i want a peak of i would love to see a peak of who's doing stand-up not from our sort of crowd or whatever like who's the new guys yeah who's, who's yeah. like the 12 year old nice sitting in the house watching this podcast going yeah. in eight years time i want to book a, a gig like that's the sort of gen- i want to see those guys come through like yeah, there's yeah. something exciting to me about that i wouldn't take a glimpse into the future at all would you really uh, never see I, i've got too i've got too much of it i need i would love to see that i would say love to see a hundred years in the future i would love i, I want like I, i'm one of these people that like go ahead a hundred years is different but I suppose because it's not personal well, can could what still could be. What happens if you be. look at your personal situation ten years from now, or even the world, and you see something horrific? Then the but rest you can't of your life, you're going to be like, yeah, because then you might try and change it, and that's when that thing happens. That's what causes it. Well, here's let's say in my reality, we you get a glimpse, and then you get men in black like mind erased right oh, away, so you don't you don't know yeah. what happens. No, I still not. You still it. wouldn't. The uh, the but yeah, I would lo- like. I'm one of these people that like. I would, I would love to just fucking live forever just to see I what happens. Well, I say I wouldn't. You definitely have that thing probably with family where it, it, it will all go on mm-hmm. you, in, in a way, if you know what I mean. Like, you do have to, like, check out, hopefully when you're very old, but it's the fact that fun stuff will still be happening with the people that you kind of know yeah if you know what i mean like your job well not not your job that's totally wrong in my situation now i'm just teeing it up for the next generation yes i'm getting it all in place making sure that it, it carries on in the best possible way but then it will be difficult to and then i'm all about like you know circle of life like I, I love all that kind of stuff that's why with like deaths in the family and stuff as difficult and terrible as they are mm-hmm. then you know there's a baby born six months later or something you go right that's kind of the universe in a way that's, that's that's that is when it all boils down to it like uh yeah but what i mean is i i don't i wouldn't want to be around forever at all but i think but then our attitudes even change a bit where you're like, you know, you let things go a bit more. You start getting worried about time. But then probably when you're very old as well, you'd be less 
afraid of like passing on and all that sort of stuff and you go i've had my time yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure there is like like even when i talk to like my granny and stuff like that she has like this like it's almost like a an ambience about her where it's just like like i've lived like i'm just i'm just here now enjoying the final final chapter and it's all good well i have a thing of like if i'm on a plane and there's turret this is maybe a mad thing or maybe people go or a lot of people do that if i'm on a plane and there's real bad turbulence my first very calm thought is, well, if this is it, and I can control this, it's been it's been class. Only if it was like a disaster or something I couldn't control, if you know, what I mean. like I would hate it. Yeah. But I think I'd be able to. You won't know till you're in the situation. But I think yeah. what I mean is, I'd be like, you know what? It's been it's been great. That's uh, I was in a plane once, and um, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drop that in there. <laughs> Just want to say that. Shout out to British Airways. The uh, yeah, I uh, and a situation hadn't turbulence like, but it was turbulence to an extent where like everyone on the plane felt the plane do a drop, and the noise I heard whenever it dropped from people's people's oh, reaction yeah. would. I can still do this. I can you still feel it. I can feel it right now. Like, it was like literally. It was like women going. <gasps> like this this gasp and like everyone did it it wasn't just like a one person it was like the whole plane and i was like and it freaked me out and stuff too but then like so that like whenever you're saying about like oh i think i would feel like well this is it blah blah i think i would be the total i think i would fucking just freak Freak the shit out yeah it's it's hard to tell you say that and i'm like you know maybe if there are a wee bit more terms i would burst into tears and scream but what i mean is there was just a moment where I was like... Well, you had a moment, yeah. I, where I was like, I want to live till I'm very old. You mm. know, be, like a very old, happy man. We'll be doing this at 100. Oh. Easy. We'll, I'll be 100 talking about the Manscaped Lawnmower 28.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that gets out your big droopy balls. <laughs> I mean, the, lo- the battery life on these are really long and it's wireless charging, but I'll still need six charges to get the ball sorted. <laughs> You'll be, it'll be, you'll be on your fifth circumcision. You'll <laughs> be like, it's that time of year again. Oh. Oh, I would love to be an og. I think a podcast is a great. You know, when uh, performers and comedians, especially get to a certain age, they go, going to retire from stand up yeah. on stage stuff because, you know, I feel like I shouldn't be doing. Podcast is probably the medium where I go. You should still be doing that though. Yeah, I'm trying to think is there any like old old or Larry King. Like in terms of like he was old when he was doing this whole interview radio thing. Letterman, so. I'm sure, could do it. Would do a brilliant podcast. Well, he still does the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean is, he could do a podcast. Oh know. yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it's a great outlet. And people actually, like yeah, I just glamorized. On Netflix is ten out of ten. I've been meaning to brilliant. watch it. I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. It and Tommy Tiernan's RT show are two of the best. Yeah, sit down chat shows. Yeah, they're very good. That I like. Um. I think I'll have to wrap it there because I need to pee so bad. Okay. I need to pee so bad. Okay. We've got a couple of whack-a-moles come up. I think we've got to take care of those. Oh. Um, but but uh, this, this, was, this was a lot of fun. This was one of the most enjoyable podcasts I've ever done. Good fun. Good fun, light entertainment for Especially because what we were going to do is look at like TikTok <laughs> and YouTube videos <laughs> and analyze them. <laughs> we were but literally we- going to do the opposite of this. But we will do that next week. We will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, man... 
what is after yeah. death and like hold on i'm just going to show you this video yeah. of a guy saying you fucking love your mcdonald's yeah play this and the next week's podcast beside each other and just let us know the two different personalities yeah, let's balance this out next week with, with weirdness just um, filth yeah okay all right brother hey Cheers, pleasure. thanks this was a triangle of feelings here and let's just stay in it for a little bit longer after the podcast ends Actually, I need to shave my pubes. Let's do that. Patreon.com slash Tales Me Podcast. That made it sound like I'm going to trim my pubes live on Patreon.com slash Tales Me Podcast. I'm not. <laughs> yes. Unless we can maybe get to the thighs, in which case I might. <laughs> but you'll just be able to see my face. You'll not be able to see anything below that. It's weirder. Yeah. Because then the NHS will be subscribed to people trying to get circumcisions. If we <laughs>